Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Today is Thursday, May 21st. With us on the show is Tim Davis, Twitter gif extraordinaire. He also happens to be a cloud advocate at VMware with a focus on DevOps processes and tooling. Welcome, Tim. Hey, glad to be here. Nice to see you guys. He can also uh, shred on the guitar, build (laughs) his own backyard fireplace barbecue pit area. There's a whole list of things that you do, man. Tim's good at all the things. (laughs) (laughs) I know a little bit about a lot of things, you know. (laughs) There you go. First, first topic I want to cover real quick. Uh, all three of us are heavy Twitter users, so I'm just going to jump right into this. I'm curious what y'all think. Uh, yesterday, I saw Twitter tweeted, anyone that wants to be verified, reply to this tweet. And you can't reply to it because no one is added to the tweet. And so what they were doing is showing off a new feature where the author can limit who can reply, giving the options of everyone, people you follow, or only people you mention. Ah. And they didn't they didn't tag anybody or allow anybody to to reply and it it got retweets like crazy what what do y'all think about that uh isn't that a better cool. implementation than some of the crap that they've done before right like I, i've run into some people where you just can't see it and therefore you can't react to it and that's based on the setting they had which was basically a more aggressive version of the same thing so i'd say it's a step in the right direction based on that yeah, I agree entirely. I think it, it's, you know, it's a great feature. Um, they caught a lot of backlash for it because there's some people that thought that they were just trolling. They didn't realize it was a new feature. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was masterful and fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty funny the way they did that. Um, other things to think about about it, um, it doesn't stop quote tweets. So if you write something, somebody can still quote tweet you. It just kind of removes all that conversation. It, it, to me, it just basically looks like you're allowing other people to watch a conversation that's happening between a few specific people, you know, either you and people you tag or you and your followers. And I'm having trouble seeing how, I don't know. I I'll, I'll be curious to see the beneficial side of it. Honestly, I, I like the openness. Um, it seems a little bit frustrating to me that I wasn't able to reply to it, you know, or whatever. And I understand that like from the, the point, same point that you said where, you know, it's other people looking at a couple of people's conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of goes against the idea of the platform. Um, and for some people that can be very non-inclusive. Like the reason that I know all you guys and that I got into the community is that I literally just started you know, injecting myself into conversations that yeah. I wasn't invited to. So um, that kind of, we're going to start tip, using y'all. it that That's way. That's a tip. I get asked a lot, like, how do you win on Twitter? Inject yourself. You have to participate. People that I see, they're like, you know, what? I'm like, yeah, the you first have to show times, up. They're you just have to angry that you responded to something saying, who yeah, yeah. is that guy? And then all of a sudden on the 11th time, they're like, oh, that guy responds to all my stuff. We're friends. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you eventually that, meet him works, in right? person in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Why do I feel like I know you? <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, I did not dig into the Groknet thing like I had promised I would after yeah, yesterday's. Yeah, we're gonna have to save that one because I didn't either. I, yeah, I that wanna, looks like a rabbit hole to go yeah. into. I don't know if you saw one. that one, Tim. Uh, all kinds know. of AI um, and uh, VR and all, I mean just. It's crazy stuff, or sorry, not VR, augmented, re- augmented reality uh, from this shopping thing on Facebook. Um, so anyway, we may get into that next week. But Interesting. We'll have to see if we can what find an expert at? too. That'd be fun to get somebody that can actually like, I don't know, help me grok it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good idea there. 
well, have, a lo- I have a lovely tidbit for uh, for Apple device users. Hit us. Bring it. So there was a, a, a patch release yesterday. Um, if anybody has an iPhone and has been trying to use it while they're out and about with their mask on, um, it takes for you're sitting there for like seconds waiting for it to realize it can't read your face. And then it gives you your passcode so you, that you can type it in and, you know, bypass it. Um, the software release kind of skips that. They kind of realize with the scan now that, hey, they're wearing a mask and they'll bring your passcode window to you much faster. Um, so hopefully that speeds up because we all know that that two second wait was unbearable and we can't have it. So uh, now we can speed that up a little bit. Like I'm it. feeling like a winner with my old iPhone where it just takes my thumbprint still. <laughs> You're not wearing okay, gloves. Uh, also, <laughs> nice also, call out. Also in uh, in mobile phone news, uh, Samsung launched the Galaxy S20 Tactical Edition, the Tactical, Tactical. Edition uh, for the DoD. Is it, um, is it gun mountable? It, it looks like. <laughs> Better be. Trying oh, to imagine so how that isn't an inappropriate use of the term tactical. I mean, everything's tactical, right? You just have a it's a dark mode. Yeah. But for gear. I would call it I would I would call it rugged, not tactical. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. There. Yeah. Exactly. Tactical. That's why I said tactical. That's why there's oh, it's like oh, extreme for the eighties. Now I'm you know? sorry that I did. Yeah. <laughs> Radical dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go on. Uh, what about it? It's so well, it's, it's, it's made for rugged use cases. Yeah, okay. rugged use cases. It's designed for law enforcement and whatnot, um, but it looks like there's a a consumer version of it. You can call it, you know, the active edition or whatever. But um, they already tried that. Tactical. Yeah. Yeah. Start putting that on their advertising. Tactical. I'm surprised you hadn't heard of Tactical. Nope. Yeah. I probably because I I get un unnecessarily angry when I hear people call something tactical. That has no business when being tactical. Not, not tactical. And I'm not like, don't get me wrong. Like I am not a military aficionado at all. I don't feel like someone should have this, but it's just the wrong word. Nobody should you have, don't a have a tactical phone. screwdriver on your desk. Come on, man. I, that I probably do, but it was an accident and it was probably just sold that way. It's still Phillips flathead or, you know, T20, right? Oh man. There's more news around <laughs> Apple and Google clashing with health officials on the, uh, contact tracing stuff. It still seems like a dumpster fire to me. Um, they hit a setback in developing it. Yeah. It's, there's so many privacy concerns. There's so many like lack of everyone using it concerns. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. There's, there's, I mean, there's really, there's two ways that you can have this. You can either trust somebody to put all of their location information in, or you can not trust them. And there's a huge privacy concern of just simply tracking them and doing it that way. Um, if, it, if you're trusting, it's going to be hard to find a middle ground. Fail. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. But nobody wants their phone just to be tracked and shown out and wherever they were and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of a weird line. They're trying to figure out how to walk. For sure. For sure. It's kind of a pity because I, I think it's easy to understand how effective it would be at what it's being designed to do. But oh, yeah. trust, trust is so low for corporations, for governments in, and my data because honestly, they all have terrible track records, all of them, yeah. whether it's Facebook, it's Google, it's the yeah. U.S. government, it's the National Institute of Health, and you can't, whatever it is, their track record for being respectful and doing the right thing is not real high. It's, it's not looking good. Speaking we all know that's how they get you. Uh, yeah. Uh, Trust me, man. It's going to be fine until it's not because I already have your data. <laughs> 
Uh, do y'all use the Wishbone app? Have you heard of this? No. What is that? Hmm. Compare anything, create your own polls, get feedback. Not a hot dog? Uh, yeah, it looks hot like dog, that. Not hot dog, yeah. Yeah, or like uh, a new version of, well, whatever. I was going to say hot or not, but I'll just go ahead and say it. <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember that. Anyway. Uh, Aaron just dated oh, himself. All right. Along the same lines yeah. of what y'all are talking about. Uh, apparently there's 40 million user records from the app that were just hacked and they're oh. being sold. All that data is being sold off. <laughs> uh, the data is being advertised across multiple hacking forums and being sold for 0.85 Bitcoin, uh, which is roughly $8,000. So wow. wait, that can't be that's, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is right. About $8,000. That's crazy. And, and so predictable at the same time. Right. Yes. I, and that's why it, it's back to the same stuff. It's the contact tracing. You can do all best level effort to make sure that it looks right on the surface, but if it's indefinitely kept for even the right reasons, research, what what have you, like saving the world from malaria, I'd, I'd probably approve my location data being saved if I thought that was going to be the outcome. But the problem is somebody's going to say, hey, I think we can use it for that. So you're going to keep it forever. And then it's going to end up in an antiquated system. It's not going to be protected. It's going to leak out. Yeah. All of a sudden they're going to know that, you know. Yeah. I like I mean, grooming other people's dogs or something ridiculous. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to hate on the idea because I mean the idea is noble. Oh, I absolutely. Like the idea, oh, right? totally. It's just the, the execution is impossible. So, yeah. What's well, the what's the know, phrase but, like? The the worst but, things start from the best intentions or something like that. Yeah. Sure. But but I I still I'm going to go back to I I don't think it's impossible. I think we have a body of evidence that makes us distrustful of the only entities that are capable of developing something like this at scale. We do not trust companies like Google and Facebook and Apple and the government which are really if you think about development effort and getting something large scale spread out there there are a small handful of organizations capable of doing something like this at scale and doing it right. And none of them have our trust for various reasons. <laughs> it's, it's like a bad relationship. And they're saying, I know we wronged you repeatedly in the past, but this time it'll be different. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> we promise. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow. All right. No, that's not how that works. It, it's, that's what's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I agree entirely. I, I'm interested just real quick. And I, security type tangent. Um, obviously, we're on Zoom and we're using Zoom right now between the three of us right now. Um, <clears throat> there's been so much talk one way or the other about Zoom. Um, obviously, they got hit with a you know hyperscaling event that nobody thought was going to happen, including them. Um, how do you guys feel about Zoom as a platform? Do you think they handled the security well and fixed it? Um, there's some people that just say Zoom should never be trusted. Some that say they're doing their best. Where do you guys stand on that? Yeah. I feel like, and, and I have not been tracking it super, super closely, um, but, but I feel like their response was measured and appropriate, right? If you find something that's glaringly wrong and it wasn't intentional out of the gate, which I think is, is always part of the equation. It's like, did you know this was there and you just did it anyways? Is very different than we thought we did it right, we didn't do it right, and we're reacting to it. But they reacted pretty fast. And considering the scale and scope of all of this stuff, I feel like you got to give companies like that credit for doing the best they can, right? Yeah, they right. took it seriously. And they surprised me with how fast and uh, 
well they did it and executed um so much so they then they um they just acquired we talked about this um they acquired keybase right yeah 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 we talked about that a couple of days so ago. and they, Even, they also hired some very very key people in the security industry like a week after all this started yeah. when they started realizing and i mean the no it, it's almost impossible to get the kind of scale smoke testing that they got mm. uh, there's no way to test at that level and kind of figure out all those little <laughs> things that are going to cause problems <laughs> Um, yeah. it, like with people posting their Zoom meeting with the Zoom IDs and no passwords. I mean, right. at, the, at the rate that they were scaling, that's something that you figure out organically over time. But then when all of a sudden 6,000 Zoom screenshots hit Twitter, you start to realize that really quickly. And I, I entirely agree that I think they handled it as appropriately and quickly as they could. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I'm, it's unrealistic to expect any entity like that to, to patch every single hole and deal with everything, you know, immediately as much as oh, you yeah. want it. Um, I think it's still a great video conferencing application platform. Right. And, and I feel like their response was appropriate. So I don't know. That's enough for me. That, that's my sniff test. Mm -hmm. Somebody can probably point out that they didn't right? somebody that understands security more <laughs> thoroughly than I do, but, um, I, I don't know. I think also the, the folks that might be able to pick that one apart could probably look at any platform and be like, yeah, they're all broken, right? And then they just put their tinfoil yeah. hat back on and <laughs> pick up the phone. I don't know. <laughs> but no. I, so I saw, here's, here's a fun leak, or I say it's fun. I'm sure somebody's not happy about this, Microsoft. Um, but apparently the Xbox, the original Xbox source code was leaked as well as uh, NT 3.5. And so um, I, I've followed this for a long time because I may or may not have modified my original Xbox for things like XBMC and, and fun. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the thing that folks have had the most trouble with in Xbox emulation was replicating the kernel. Because the kernel, um, I guess, was originally designed to be run on x86, but then they pivoted and they changed what it was targeted at. And I'd have to look back and actually see what that was again. But as a result, it made it extremely difficult to um, reverse engineer it so that you could uh, accurately and, and efficiently um, emulate Xbox games or Xbox, you know, the OS, so you could play those games. And uh, so that being leaked probably means we'll see some of those old projects get revamped with proper code on the, on the baseline, which I think is fun. I think something oh, that yeah. old, it's, it's, I almost wish that that kind of code just naturally saw itself released into the wild as part of how we deal with intellectual property. I, I understand why it's not in a lot of cases, things are going to be built on top of it. But I also think there's a lot of like, no, we just don't want to let this out because guys so i'm i'm kind of pumped that it that it got leaked yeah, yeah. That's, that's very cool in somewhat related news i didn't realize people were still jailbreaking their phones but i guess it makes sense uh the jailbreak <laughs> for all ios 13.5 devices is expected soon because there's yeah. a new kernel exploit you kind of hope Man, I, I remember doing that to all my iphones me too you know, jailbreaking it getting the cds store and stuff like that oh, yeah. and nowadays i just i i can't do it i stop tinkering same. with my technology yeah dude i, 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 I didn't stop tinkering with all tech but i did with my phone and and i'm not gonna lie like the reason i stopped tinkering with it was one i got off of apple um and google at the time was just quicker to release features that i was interested here in because when i when here, i went when i it is <laughs> it's not it like is. that because now i think it's, it's all things equal i wouldn't tinker on either side of the fence to be honest right because uh when i first jailbroke my iphone 
it was to get apps that they intentionally kept out of their walled garden. Still a problem with Apple, but not a problem for me because I got off of it a long time ago. But also probably not that big of a deal because the number of apps that are still available, walled garden or not, like I don't need a billion applications. Who cares? Yeah. Um, two was like notification screens, the splash screens that you could get with a jailbroken iPhone were next gen. I mean, they were already there. You had, you could swipe down and you'd see notifications from every single app and it was collected in a drawer. That didn't come out for like two or three more OS releases on Apple. Yeah. And when they did it, it was better than what you could get out of the, out of the gate with a jailbroken phone. And that's where we are now. We finally integrated most of the features that, that somebody just had the time to go tinker and include. And when I was jailbreaking or, or, you know, uh, kernel unlocking all my Google devices, it was usually to get a feature that now is just boilerplate and done well. So I don't see the need for it. Agreed. This is cool, Tyler. Uh, San Francisco-based X-Wing, which is a cool name. I like that already. Uh, which yeah. is developing software cool. for enabling pilotless flight of a small passenger aircraft raises $10 million, Series A. Cool. Autonomous I wonder aviation. if that's the $10 million that was stolen from the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund. Probably not. There's <laughs> <laughs> another article. No, that sounds really cool. It was just funny that those numbers lined up. That that sounds awesome. I wonder. I mean, that's a that's a great step towards uh, automated small small scale automated flight, right? Yeah. Because um, it's it's kind of like it's bolting onto things that already exist, I assume, um, and therefore is is actually a really cool sort of step in the right direction. Yeah, I love the nod to the X-wing Starfighter. Uh, but that's yeah, cool. it just gives me visions of uh, pilotless. Um, air taxis in the future yeah especially awesome. man I, I know this is a long way out um as any automated vehicle is likely to be but at some point i think one of the coolest things about automated vehicles is the redesign of the interior when you no longer need a human at the front driving and looking mm -hmm. out of a windshield you yeah. get a boatload more space or a smaller vehicle, which means it's more efficient, which means it opens up more transportation lanes, whatever the answer is there. But then also, you know, if you take a standard size vehicle, um, you, you back out all of that space and all of a sudden the inside is more of like a lounge or a conference room. And I don't like the, the, the possibilities are endless. The interior interior design of vehicles is going to change dramatically when we finally get to that tipping point. Yeah. yeah, just think you can take out the windshield and all of a sudden that's how big the TV screen is you can put there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <There it> is. <laughs> and, and somewhere in between, the windshield is both a TV screen and a windshield, you know, just to meet whatever yeah. regulatory compliance necessary there needs to be, whatever it is. Like, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm excited about where that goes, but I know I'm not going to have a, a windshieldless, you know, conference room yeah. with four wheels in the next five years, but man, I, I want one. <laughs> I'm an, I'm an Audi guy. Like that's, I love my Audi and I won't at this current point in time. I would, I love it. I would not buy anything else. The only car that makes me want to look away from it is a Tesla. <laughs> and it's not because yeah. of the company or because Elon Musk, it's simply the tech, the yes. car that drives itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's just so cool. And that's the only thing that makes me think maybe I don't need an Audi next, but then Elon Musk tweets a little bit and I'm like, Maybe I'll hold off for a little more. Oh, <laughs> What's wild is how innovative that experience is and how long it's been out and how far yeah. away everyone else is from matching yeah, wild. Not even They close. got that right. They got that the right. user early. interface in this, I mean, it's, it's insane. It seems so simple too, right? Like it's just yeah. a giant tablet in the front yeah. of the car. With They're a, a software small, company that makes cars yeah, on the side. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Every other car is still ships. just like a little, you know, eight inch. <laughs> 
uh, screen that's uh, uh, Apple CarPlay or Android Auto or something like that, right? And that's it. Well, that's Nothing why I'm hoping whoever has the... a screen like that is the Chevy Volt. They had okay. a pretty big console screen in it as well, but it, but well, the UI and the intuitiveness and the features, nowhere near close. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. I have criticized all of the major manufacturers in private conversations for their attempt at pretending to be an application development company. Really and, and Ford and Chevy Ford and GM sink. are all really badly. And some of them do better than others, which is great. It's good. It's good yeah. to have competition. Get it out there. But this is not your core competency. And it, it is glaringly obvious because your interfaces are weak compared to somebody that does this all the time. And I know they've matured over time. I don't want to throw everybody under the bus. I'm sure people have spent a lot of time building their careers on things like Ford Sync. So I don't, I don't want to completely drag them through the mud, but I, I'm excited about bit. things Just like, like walk the them new... into the mud puddle. Yeah, yeah, gently, and then rub their face in it. No, that's terrible. Uh, no, but just like put it, the, just put a dollop on their nose, real cute, like yeah, right? the, the Android <laughs> automobile, right? So not just an interface that runs an app on top of it, but actually has an integrated interface like your cell phone that is catered to and designed for third-party integration from a company whose at least a good chunk of their sole focus is making that experience better. It is so much is likely to succeed so much more than an automobile manufacturer that's just trying to do a little bit better than one of the other automobile The thing that made me laugh about Ford so much was that their their sync interface was so bad and so poorly done, they co-marketed it because Microsoft built it for them. Mm -hmm. So not only did Ford fail, but Microsoft failed Ford. (laughs) I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it was made by I forgot about all that. It was Ford sync by Microsoft. You're right. Oh my That's gosh. Right. And but and I like point, my Ford Sync now, but gosh, those first generations were just terrible. Yeah. And they're getting better. Like I I have my car has um Android Auto as well as Apple CarPlay. Mm-hmm. I, I use Apple CarPlay. Um and I like the interface. It it works really, yeah. really well. Um but it's 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 not what it should be at this point. Yeah. Well, and that's where I Tim, you may not have heard it, but it, it's a few few uh, episodes back now. But I learned for the first time about Android Automobile. So it is actually a fully embedded system designed to run third-party apps for cars. So I'm not check that not out. a bolt-on he, just running an app that your phone is powering care, on a screen. He's, he's Apple. Yeah, he don't care. <laughs> well, Apple well, is I'm guaranteed to do the, the same tech. thing. They can't know, not. That's, that's yeah, the best part about Apple sunglasses right now. That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I've seen some concept uh, designs of, and they look hideous. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely hideous. It's, that's the problem. This, we brought this up. Yeah, so that was one of the other uh, news, right? The, the, some of the Apple Glass AR um, leaked, right? So there were some leakers that were saying, here's some early, I don't know if you, even if it's early prototypes or if it's uh, close to production worthy, but... I still think the problem with that stuff is that making it adoptable requires really tiny technology. But to the point that we had when we were talking with uh, Daniel, right, it has to add a lot of value and be really tiny and usable. And and I just don't think the technology is there yet. I, I guess we'll find out. If anybody can get get a wave going, it's going to be Apple. I mean, right? we all remember Google Glass and how that turned out. They thought everybody was going to be wearing those damn things. Nobody's wearing them now. They're just sitting on yeah. shelves or trash cans. But literally, right, I right. think I think when it comes to Apple, if anybody's going to make something successful yeah. like that, they are the ones that are going to do it. Yeah. So we'll just have to see. It may end up being another Newton or something like that. But you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, and I think they got one big lesson learned from Google Glass, which is don't put a camera in it. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, so much of the hate on Google for what they were doing was, you're, we don't know where the recording is. It goes right back to the trust. It's like exactly we're, right. we're recording all the time. What are you going to do with it? And if we don't, we don't trust you. So they dropped the, the camera apparently, or at least the, the video side of it. So uh, we'll see. I, I'm hopeful. I love to see tech breaking loose. So let's hope Apple nails it because I want that. Just not necessarily <laughs> Apple's version. <laughs> all right. That's the end of our show. Shut it down, Tim. Shut it down. That brings us to a close today. But before we actually do the outro, Tim, you got anything you want to pump? Twitter at VTimD. All day long. Hit him up. He'll teach you how to make friends and uh, be successful on the internet. That's, that's Tim's special skill for sure. Um, that actually brings us to a close today. Thank you for joining us for another Tech Breakfast podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And as always, if you've got any news we missed, general feedback, or the urge to join us for a recording, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what's up. Subscribe, enjoy, and we will see you tomorrow. Give us a booyah, Tim. Booyah. Or whatever. Give us a sound. I'm just kidding. Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we should get you playing guitar on here next time or something. You know, bow, bow, bow. Shred on give me some time and I'll uh, I'll work that out. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Dude, that's what we just need to get Tim recording shredding for our outro. <laughs> okay, deal. Okay. Bye. <laughs>